0: The Old Premeds Podcast, session number 121. You're a non-traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, but now you're ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. We're here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your non-traditional journey to becoming a physician. Welcome to the Old Premeds Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray. I hope you are having a great day, whatever day you are watching this. Great morning, great afternoon, great evening, whatever. All right. I hope you're having a great day. We take questions directly from the Old Premeds forms over at medicalschoolhq.net and answer them here on the podcast to help you, the non-traditional student, on your journey to becoming a physician. If you're new to the old pre-meds podcast, again, my name is Dr. Ryan Gray. I host this podcast as well as several others, including the pre-med years, which includes non-traditional pre-med stories, MCAT advice, regular pre-med stories, interviews with admissions committee members, and much more. I do the MCAT podcast with Next Step Test Prep, which if you are looking at getting full length practice exams, check out next step. They have up to 10 full length practice exams right now for the new MCAT. You can buy four of them, six of them, 10 of them. And if you use the promo code MSHQ, you get to save 10% off of those, um, of those full length exams. And I get a small little commission. So you pay less and I get a little beer money for that. All right, so let's dive into today's question. All these questions are taken, as I mentioned earlier, from the old pre-meds forms, the non-traditional pre-med form over at medicalschoolhq.net. Our question today is all about what counts and how much is enough clinical experience? So our student today says, hey there, I'm a non-traditional applicant diagnosed with various autoimmune diseases while in grad school for music and ultimately reshuffled my value system as a result, leading me to want to be a physician. I'm worried that I don't have sufficient clinical experience, and I'm hoping to get some advice. I volunteered for eight months, one day per week, so about 200 hours, at a community health clinic in the U.S., helping a physician-run group medical visits. During the same period, I shadowed a family medicine doctor, an EM resident, a general surgery resident, and an internal medicine resident, totaling 56 hours." I then had to move countries, Visa and green card stuff, and began my do-it-yourself post back and started volunteering with a a youth diabetes organization, helping run kids camps and other events, about 150 hours. I'm currently prepping for the MCAT and working as an administrator for the urology service at the hospital in the city where I live. Any thoughts are gratefully received. All right, so let's clear one thing up real quick. Shadowing residents is typically not something considered useful. You want to shadow attendings. So when you shadow residents, while it's valuable experience, you typically don't include that in your time. Residents are different than attending physicians. What they do day in and day out is different because they're still learning. And so I would not include resident shadowing as hours. So I would try to beef up the shadowing hours at, um, I'm assuming are going to go down a bunch since most of those are resident hours. Volunteering for eight months at a community health clinic in the U.S. is great. I'm questioning where you're doing your do-it-yourself post Uh I'm guessing maybe not in the U.S., obviously not in the U.S., maybe in Canada, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, um, so the, the volunteering for eight months at a community health clinic is awesome. The one thing that I will stress that students need to understand is that you don't get the hours that you think you need and then stop. So for doing it for eight months, you could have done it for eight months as a freshman, as a sophomore. You could have done it for eight months two years ago. That is not sufficient, no matter how many hours it is. So you need to have consistency with your experiences, right, consistent clinical experience. Consistent non-clinical volunteering. Consistent shadowing. Even if you think you have enough total hours, if the last time you shadowed was last year, it's not good enough. Consistency is very important. Is 200 hours, if it was consistent, is 200 hours enough? Maybe, could be, but it needs to be consistent. So there are no hard numbers with this. If you volunteered at a youth diabetes organization helping run kids camps, could that be considered clinical experience? It depends on what you were doing there. The helping run the community health clinic, definitely um, volunteering there is, is clinical experience, again, depending on what you were doing there. So when you look at your hours, when you look at your body of work with your extracurriculars, it's not just a matter of adding everything up and going, oh okay, I have 300 hours, I'm good to go. You need to have consistency. So as you are planning out your path, don't front load all of your experiences so that you can then take time off and focus on MCAT or take time off and focus on applications. And when you have consistency, it doesn't mean 10 hours a week, right? It doesn't need to fill up your schedule, but you need to have consistency. A couple hours a week, a couple hours every couple weeks, a few hours, right? A few hours every month. Consistency is one of the most important things, not just total hours. So what is clinical experience? Kind of the other half of this. Clinical experience is when you are interacting with patients, right? Close enough to smell the patient. If you are interacting with the patients, I would consider it clinical experience, so depending on what you were doing at the diabetes camp, that could be considered clinical experience. Those are quote-unquote patients at the camp. Were you doing anything clinically related with them, talking about their diabetes, helping them with their finger sticks, etc.? That would be considered clinical. It doesn't have to be in a hospital setting for it to be clinical. It doesn't have to be in an office, an outpatient office setting for it to be clinical. As long as who you are interacting with are patients doing some sort of patient-related thing, then it's clinical, right? Hospice work. You're typically at the patient's house, just interacting with them, talking to them, just being there for them, helping with their psychological health. That is clinical experience. So as you go through this process, again, don't just look at total numbers and say, okay, I'm good. Make sure that you have some consistency. You still build in some hours every couple weeks, every week, every month, whatever it is, to continue to do these experiences so that you have consistency when it comes to applying to medical school. And for shadowing physicians, make sure they are attending physicians, not residents. So kind of a two-for-one deal with this uh, podcast episode. If you have a question you want answered here on the Old Premeds Podcast, go over to medicalschoolhq.net, click on Forms, sign up for an account if you don't already have one, and go to the non-traditional pre-med form where we take questions to answer here on this podcast. Again, if you're interested in Next Step Test Prep's full-length practice exams for the MCAT, which time and time again students tell me they are the best practice exams, go to Next Step Test Prep, choose four, six, or ten full-length exams, and use the promo code MSHQ to save 10%. And again, I get a little beer money if you do that. So you save some money, I get a little beer money. It's a win-win all around. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the Old Pre-Meds Podcast.